0: welcome to the job interview experience as a former search firm owner i was able to get inside the minds of my clients they shared priorities for what type of talent they wanted bad experiences good experiences things they wouldn't even share internally i got to know what companies really want not just what they say they want online as an executive recruiter my job was to find the best talent in the country then align it with a client so that both sides wanted to work together selling both the client and the candidate to each other. As a director of talent acquisition at two different companies in three different industries, I viewed thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of applications, worked with recruiters that conducted interviews, purchased and ran applicant tracking systems, the ones that you use to apply to jobs. Like in every episode, I'm taking all of this experience and putting it into this episode to provide you, with insider insight on what goes on when you apply, but don't get invited to interview. Maybe you receive a we're not interested email. Maybe you don't hear back at all. Here are 14 different factors that can play into the most frustrating part of the job search and make sure to stick around until the end because I give you an email template you can use to effectively follow up if you don't hear back reasons that you don't hear back, you don't get invited to even that first interview after you apply. Number one, your resume doesn't quickly connect to the job duties. The stats show that recruiters look at resumes for an average of six to eight seconds each before making a decision. That isn't a good practice, but it's the reality of hiring departments. A big factor holding applicants back is that their resumes don't Quickly connect the dots between their skills and the job. How do you fix this? Reverse engineer your resume by using words and requirements from the job description. Lead every sentence with their requirements. There's too much to get into here. I have an episode about this, exactly what to do, called Resume and Job Description Breakdown. And if you follow it, you'll also have a cheat sheet for your interviews. Number two. Robots are screwing you over. Yes, recruiters don't spend enough time on resumes. Worse than that, many companies use keywords and resume scanners to approve or deny your application before a human even sees it. I think these are awful companies that use them, miss out on candidates with incredible potential. I can tell you why they use them, though. One is to save time and thus money. The other reason, which does make sense, is to help sort out completely unrelated applications, like a 15 year old applying to a CEO role at Boeing or something like that. It happens. I've seen some crazy applications that make absolutely zero sense. How do you fix this? Keywords are most important. And like I said, you'll learn most of them from the job description. To help even more with the robo scanners, you can do a Google search for this, ATS Resume Checker. That stands for Applicant Tracking System Resume Checker. There are websites like Jobscan.co or EnhanceCV.com that do an auto-check to see how well your resume will do when scanned by an applicant tracking system. I haven't used and am not sponsored by either of these companies, but it might be worth looking into To fix your resume. Make sure it aligns with the applicant tracking systems. Even if you just did that like every five years or so, you can check those out or just do a Google search and find your own tool. Number three, your resume is difficult to understand. So let's say it is looked at, but your resume should quickly tell a story of what you're good at, who you are. If your resume is badly formatted, like a book with its chapters out of order, maybe your jobs should be linear, not the most important job first. Your job should be linear. The dates that you worked should be very easy to see. Your job titles should be large. You should not have a long paragraph at the beginning. Creative resumes with boxes and graphs often distract from the message of you. Yes, simple resumes can look boring, and there is a balance, but make sure it instantly shows your line of work and job duties dates and skills recruiters are looking for a solution their problem is that they have an open role they need to fill it they're in trouble if they don't they're looking for a solution every resume they look at they want to make their life easier they want to fill the job as quickly as possible so when you connect those dots for them when your resume screams solution to their problem the right fit for the open job they're happy and you're happy so make sure your resume does that another way to fix this is just look up resume templates free ones, ones you buy online. You don't even have to use it. Look it up and either, if you do buy it, plug your resume into that template and maybe it'll it'll look better or just reformat your resume to follow a solid template that clearly states roles in a linear progression. Keep it simple. It should not be too long. It should not have too many details. Each job should have like five points of what you did. Keep it simple. Make sure the best stuff is obvious and is seen by the recruiters, and then you can share those little details during interviews, the rest of the stuff that might overcrowd your resume. Number four, there are hundreds or thousands or even tens of thousands of applicants. Your application wasn't even seen. This is especially true for popular companies, big companies, or attractive positions, HR departments can be inundated with applications, especially if you think of companies like Apple or household names. This is much harder for any remote job because instead of just your market, your city, within driving distance of that job, it's basically everyone on earth can apply to this. It makes it way harder to get through that noise. It may take time for them to sort through all the candidates. Your resume, your application might have simply gotten lost in the process but it's not even about you. Maybe it just wasn't even seen. Number five, they found someone else they really like before seeing your application. They may or may not have seen your resume, but even if they did, they may have fallen in love with a different candidate and gotten a laser focused on that perfect candidate. I'm doing quote marks that you can't see. From a hiring side, this is actually making a huge mistake and putting all your eggs in one basket rarely ends well what companies should do is even if they find a perfect person they should find other candidates to at the very least contrast them with and compare them with but you never know until you talk to other people who the best person is going to be but they may have just fallen in love gotten completely focused in on this one person number six internal hiring another one like number five that isn't your fault sometimes companies post jobs just as a formality but they might already have an internal candidate in mind for the position. It's good to post a job externally and get outside candidates, give them a chance. But oftentimes, unfortunately, jobs are posted externally, but there is zero intention of following up with anyone who applies. They already know who they are hiring, someone internally. They posted the job just to be compliant with state or federal law. It's not your fault. There's really nothing you can do to get around a situation like this. Number seven, the position may have been already filled or canceled. The company might have already filled it. Sometimes business circumstances change and the position is no longer available. These positions are posted by humans and human error does come into play. They may have forgotten to take the job post down. One person may have been saying, leave it up. And another leader might be saying, take it down. I've seen plenty where the job is in limbo and the post is up, but it's just being ignored. So nobody's being looked at. No applicants for this job are being looked at. It's not just you. We are halfway done with our 14 reasons you don't get to move forward after applying. I know it's a lot, and these just keep getting better. If this episode and other episodes have made you a more educated and prepared job seeker, Can I ask that you make sure you have subscribed to the job interview experience on your podcast player? Even more important, please leave a quick rating or review on Spotify and Apple. It helps keep the show going, and I love seeing your reviews. Now's the right time to do so because your podcast app is already open. just takes you a couple seconds. It really means a lot to me. Great way to say thank you and help keep me going. All right, let's get to number eight. You might not have met the minimum qualifications. If the job had specific requirements you didn't meet, the HR department might decide to not move forward with your application. You might think you're the perfect fit. You might look like the perfect fit on paper. There might be something else they're looking for and not mentioning Maybe it's a remote job, but maybe they secretly want someone in a specific city. Maybe that's a market they're trying to get into. Maybe if it's a sales job or maybe they have a client in a certain city and they want someone to be able to visit that, but they can't say or they're not completely convinced of one city or another. There might be stuff that's not on there that they're looking for that you just don't align with. So how do you fix this? If you don't meet the qualifications and you know it, don't waste your own time applying for jobs that are too far out of what you're good at. You can aim high. I constantly encourage you on this show to aim high. Apply for jobs that you are maybe a little underqualified for but are in exactly what you do, but don't aim too far to one side or the other that's too far away from what you even do. Number nine. The companies has a slow hiring process. Some companies have longer, more meticulous hiring processes, and it might take them a while to even respond to applications. Maybe they will get back to you. These companies that move slow like this, they miss out on a lot because you're going to move on. You're going to accept another offer. You're going to keep at it just like candidates do. Some companies just move real slow and the applicants that move at that process with them, that super slow process with them, they are the right fit because that's their culture. They have to talk about stuff endlessly and have all these meetings just to, to make little decisions about hiring or doing next interviews or anything like that. Number 10, this is an interesting one. Incomplete or inaccurate application. If you missed filling out some required information or there was an error in your application, it might have been set aside or passed over or not even seen because the software said it's an error. The candidate may have uploaded the wrong document, not their resume. I've had candidates that upload other files on their phone or computer that have nothing to do with the job or photos that uh, shouldn't be seen by others. That's a real story. Depending on what happens or what was uploaded, the company may decide to pass just because of the lack of attention or sloppiness, even if the document's completely innocent. They're just saying, if this person makes this mistake like this on something as important as their job application, what kind of mistakes might they make with a client or with the numbers they work with or with the budget or a company credit card, anything like that. How to fix it? Just like an email, proofread and double check it everything about your application. Really, make sure you double-check it, especially what you upload. You've probably got a bunch of different files on your desktop or your phone. Easily click the wrong one, or even an old version, or maybe a version that isn't formatted right and looks weird. should only take about an extra 30 seconds per application, maybe less, but make sure you proofread. Number 11, an impersonal or generic or a crappy cover letter. A cover letter that appears to be a generic template Maybe doesn't even really have any information about it and not tailored to the company or the position can, can deter HR from progressing with your application. Some HR departments are super picky about cover letters. I think it's overboard to judge a candidate based on a cover letter, but some people expect to be sold right away by a cover letter. How do you fix this? Only submit a cover letter if it's good and tailored to the company. No cover letter is better than a lazy cover letter. Number 12, you might not be a cultural fit. Sometimes the decision isn't solely based on qualifications. The recruiter might feel like you're not a fit for the company's culture based on your resume. It might be jobs or experiences on your resume that recruiters think mean that you won't fit in the company. I've seen businesses that have lists of companies that if a candidate worked there, they won't hire them. If that company has a really bad reputation, that's not a bad idea. If someone's been at a really ugly company that does bad things for five or 10 years, it says a lot about them. One example might be a candidate who worked on many political campaigns for a politician whose values don't align at all with the business. Things like that. Recruiters aren't immune to judging books by their covers. What do you do in this case? nothing you you don't want to work at a company that doesn't like you at first glance or makes judgments about you based on what you've done in the past or the types of places you've worked it'll just never work number 13 awaiting approval stuck in purgatory the hiring manager or hr might be waiting for an approval or feedback from higher ups before moving to the next step another candidate might be close to the offer stage so then the job is just slowed down on pause. Maybe the requirements of, or needs of the role are changing day by day. I've seen this. Maybe they're developing a technology and they're realizing what they need to successfully complete the project. And that thing is, it, but it changed week by week. Like I've said in other episodes, maybe the manager for the job you are applying for left or was fired. So the company... What happens is they'll leave the position you applied for up. It'll still be up online to collect candidates, but they also have to hire for the manager of that position first. They don't want someone, especially if it's a small company and they, there's just one person to report to, they really can't start someone, or most of the time they won't start someone without someone to manage them, to, to train them, to teach them. There are a lot of factors that can impact the internal side of slowing down or pausing hiring. For them, these are just a a couple of the possibilities. Number 14, external factors, economic downturns, mergers, possible mergers, company restructuring, other events, just they impact timelines and decisions, and it has nothing to do with you. Like the previous hiring pause or hiring slowdown example, Big events or movements in the market can happen outside the company that impact their confidence or ability to hire, thus slowing down their response to you. For a couple of these 14 factors, I did not include a solution. The reality, and I'm just being honest, is that some of this is out of your control. Here are two things that you can do that will help. The first, is to realize that it's a numbers game. I don't say that to be lazy. I don't mean that as a generic thing. I know you've heard it before. It is a numbers game. When I say numbers game, I mean you have to apply, apply, apply to lots of jobs for probably longer than you think you need to, especially longer than you think you would have needed to when you first started this. And I'm sorry that you're in this situation, in the position where Money's a big stressor. Not knowing is a big stressor. And I know that the work of applying and disappointment is harder than and more depressing than just about any job duties. It's worse. Doing that day by day is really hard. There are so many jobs and so many people applying. But if you keep at it, your time will come and you will be proud of yourself and stronger than you ever were for getting through it. The second thing you can do is to follow up. But that's easier said than done. People just say follow up. What do you do? Who do you follow up with? And how? Ignore any advice you see about calling. It's rude and intrusive. It might get the recruiter to look at your resume, but you're basically calling them to tell them to do their job. So don't call. It's probably not going to get you anywhere anyway, and if it does, like I said, it's not a good look. Following up via email is the best way, but depending on the company size, not always effective. The first thing to do is to look around on the career page of their website for a career's email address. It's going to be a generic email address unless it's a really small company. Then they might actually have a person's email address, but I'd say there's probably like a 1 in 30, 1 in 50 chance of that. However, that email, the generic email, likely goes to at least the lead recruiter or recruiting manager. If you can't find that email address on their site, Google the company name and careers email address in one search and see what pops up. So, if we're doing Apple, which Apple is so big that this is a bad example, you'd do Apple careers email address and search around, and there you might see something as a Kind of Last-ditch effort, you can try an info email address, so you do info at apple.com. Obviously, a smaller company, this is going to be more effective, but if you title it to the talent acquisition team, they, they will probably forward it to, again, a leader, a manager, or a director, or someone like that, and say, hey, we received this email address. Please send this to the right person. We're not going to deal with it. In your email, you have to keep it short and positive. And here's the template I talked about in the beginning of the episode. In the title, the subject, it's important. Say your name and the job title. So say Jane Doe-Marketing Director. And you say, Dear talent acquisition team, I'm following up to my application for the XYZ job. As you'll see on my resume, I have experience doing XYZ, led a XYZ team. I've done an XYZ thing that very few people in my field I've completed these qualifications will help your XYZ department at your company name succeed. And I look forward to discussing several unique ways I can make an impact sincerely, your first and last name, your phone number, your email address. You can also put a PS at the end of the email with times you're available to speak. So what you do there, and obviously you want to make this your own, but the idea is that you don't just list out a bunch of stuff from your resume. You sh- highlight the very most important things you've done, maybe the size of team you've led, if that's it, or years of experience with a software program or coding language, whatever that is. You want to just play a couple of things that you think are most important that will make them say, hey, we should check this person out. So there's a small chance that you'll get an automated email right after your application. With options to get in touch with the hiring department, which would be way easier than doing a Google search, that same email format works for that as well. So you may have gotten email saying, hey, thanks for applying. We're going to look at your resume and we'll get back to you, blah, 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 blah. Look for, it might be a no reply email address. Look to see if you can reply. It doesn't hurt to try. Also look for other email. It might say, hey, if you need help with anything, you have questions, email us here or call us at this number if it happens to have that. Use that email address as well. It's okay to send a follow-up email in the same email thread about a week after you send your first email. If you don't get a response, make sure to be polite. Remember, you don't want to burn bridges. You don't want to do things like calling in. But if you don't follow up, if you don't maybe follow up twice, nothing will happen. So, you do have to balance a little bit of your reputation, looking a little too eager or feeling a little too persistent with the fact that if you aren't persistent, if you don't follow up, if you don't take a risk and maybe you do call in, I'm not saying it's the worst thing in the world. If you don't do those things and you're not hearing back, nothing will happen. Maybe they'll follow up with you, but following up yourself makes a huge difference. I know there's a lot of information here. This is probably a good episode to listen to again in a day or two. Use this episode to keep applying as a confident and now informed candidate. Don't give up and keep going because there's a great job for you out there. You just have to find it. I know it's a tough road. I've been on it myself. You'll make it to the other side and be so proud of yourself when you do. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.